football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, welcome in, everybody. Great to be back with you here as we have reached championship week in college basketball. We're ready to dive in head first uh, right away here in a couple of moments on everything with the conference tournaments with the understanding that, look, we, we're going to go beyond just Thursday for Three Dog Thursday with the underdogs. We're looking for underdog teams as it stands uh, for the conference tournaments that are three seeds and below, three, four, five seed. Who can make a run? into the championship game if not win it we'll be talking about that here on three dog thursday i am the somewhat competent host again thank you for finding me however you've done so wherever you get podcasts on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, with three dog thursday also as well the last word on sports and their podcast and their network and their page last word on sports.com slash podcast they help promote us as well underdogs are always flowing here on the show cannot wait for everything that's going to unfold here in college basketball and with championship week by the way one more plug on three dog thursday i'll be part of championship week i've already worked two title games with unc Asheville's uh win in the big south conference tournament uh title game they punched their ticket they're in the ncaa tournament as the big south champs 27 win season for them worked the northern kentucky win in the horizon league title game for their victory on Tuesday night over Cleveland State. So Northern Kentucky in the NCAA tournament, probably as a 16 seed, will they play the likes of Alabama or Purdue or Kansas? Will they be in the first four, Northern Kentucky? We'll see. That worked that game Tuesday night in Indianapolis, now headed to championship week Saturday night, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference championship game. Who will it be out of Iona, Siena? Remember St. Peter's won this tournament uh, a year ago. That's coming at Boardwalk Hall, Atlantic City, Saturday night on TuneIn and the coverage of uh, Championship Week with college basketball coast-to-coast in that live channel. So looking forward to being on that call. Lots here from Championship Week, from the Big East in New York to the Pac-12 in Vegas, Big 12, Kansas City, Big 10, Chicago, SEC, Nashville, American Conference in Fort Worth, Texas, ACC in Greensboro, back to Vegas for the Mountain West. Conferences everywhere in between, and I'm ready to talk about it with my analyst, Kevin Rogers. Uh, from Vegas Insider, we'll be here in a few minutes, uh, just a moment or two here to give us some insights on uh, the the teams that he likes that are three seeds and below in different conference tournaments. And by the same token, Deshaun Tate will be here from Tate's Take. Uh, we love Tate's Take on all the college hoops. Look forward to talking with Deshaun about, again, his conference tournaments and teams three seeds and below. Let's get into that right now. Let's get into that discussion. Kevin will lead us off first. Followed by Deshaun Tate, so anxious to talk championship week here as part of Three Dog Thursday. As I mentioned, it has been too long. I always seem to say this. We are reunited and it feels so good. And no, I'm not singing on Three Dog Thursday. Hello, Kevin Rogers. You were always my wingman. You will always be my figurative wingman on Three Dog Thursday. But you're just so much busier, bigger doing other things on Vegas Insider. But it's good to have you back on Three Dog Thursday to talk some March, some hoops, and in particular, some conference tournaments. How are we feeling as all of this is about to unfold over the next three or four days? I'm feeling good. And, you know, and one of the other things is that you get to this point of the year, TJ, I always said 
handicapping these neutral site games, weird times, weird arenas, all of this, it makes it a little bit difficult to pick a lot of winners. So that's why you kind of got to throw some things out. You could take some things from the regular season, but also throw some things out as well. And you never know what the surprise is. And considering you really have no runaway teams this year in college basketball, I think it's going to be nice and wide open. And maybe we'll see a team or two we didn't expect. I'm not going to say like a St. Peter's from last year, but maybe there'll be someone that uh, comes out of nowhere. And also some of the teams that have been great this year could get bounced early. So it should be pretty interesting. You you were very diplomatic. You don't have you, diplomatic. You don't have any runaway teams this year, with the exception maybe of Kansas, who has looked the part and is the defending champ with some parts uh, from last year's uh, championship team. Uh, I I don't know who can emerge. I mean, I could make the case for fifteen teams that could emerge, and out of the top teams, I, I could see uh, most of them maybe even losing in the first weekend. With as crazy as this year has been, just one more general comment: it is as wide open certainly in the last five, six years, right? Maybe longer that it's been this wide open, maybe save for Kansas. Well, but also, I mean, think about this. Like I just mentioned St. Peter's, Kentucky, that was a shoe and they should have beat St. Peter's easy and Kentucky expected to do big things. They get bounced early. You know, some of these other teams, they, they lose. And it just goes to show you, TJ, a lot of people forget this this time of year, how incredibly difficult it is to win six games in this tournament that, you know, I'm not even talking about for the mid-majors or the Cinderella's, but like you're an elite team. You get to three. You've still got three to go. And now you're playing really good teams once you get to the Elite Eight and the Final Four. And you can have a fantastic season, get to the Final Four, lose. You still won four, and you have nothing to show for it. So it really is one of the most difficult things when people look at it. You know, you can look at professional sports. So you go in a seven-game series, seven-game series a lot against the same opponent. But to do this – win at a venue, move another venue, another venue, a football stadium at the end. It's It really is a difficult thing to do. Yep. And, and always, uh, and I know you mean this, always somebody emerges as being able to conquer that. And a lot of times it's not who you thought it was going to be. And that's the charm of the tournament. Okay, let's get into it with the parameters that I always set as we go into conference uh, tournament play. This show needs to have some shelf life. And because of the barrage of all the games going on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, we can't possibly keep coming back and handicapping and redoing the show like three consecutive days. So the, the thing I came up with about seven or eight years ago, and Kevin was great at participating in this, is look at a conference tournament and forget the one seed, forget the two seed. So a three seed and below that you really believe will not only be in the title game, potentially, but could win the whole thing, three or below. So this can be from any of the remaining tournaments that are getting rolling Thursday into Friday, Friday into Saturday. Most of the tournaments wrap Saturday. Some of them are on Sunday. Kevin, go to one right now. Give me one that stands out for you right away. Are, are you going to go? Are you looking north to Madison Square Garden right away? I am, TJ. And you know what? The Big East, which is, uh, again, one of the most uh, you know prestigious tournaments because it's at Madison Square Garden and uh, you know you're in New York City you're not in some of these places that are you know not as big per se that this is really a lot of excitement and I think this is so wide open even though Marquette is the number one seed Xavier had a great year but I do believe that Providence can be worth a look in this uh, in this Big East tournament they're the number five seed they play Connecticut in the first game and obviously Connecticut there's a lot of big aspirations for them to go far in the NCAA tournament and you got to beat Connecticut and then beat potentially Marquette 
uh, in the semifinals. But the one thing I'll give Providence this year, in spite of the fact that they struggled down the stretch, they ended up losing three of their final four games. The only one came against Georgetown, which is really nothing to write home about. But when you look at the top teams in the conference, they beat Marquette. They beat Creighton. They beat uh, Connecticut. They beat a lot of these really good teams. The only one they really struggled with was Xavier, who they lost to in overtime and also by five. And luckily, they wouldn't face Xavier until the championship game. So they got to hope that maybe Xavier gets knocked out. But uh, Providence has not won the Big East tournament since 2014. But we saw a few years ago Georgetown win it. We've seen Seton Hall win it. And obviously Villanova is not what they were, and they've dropped off. So we're going to probably get uh, a new champion that's not named Villanova. But we've seen other teams come out of this. So I think that Providence, if they could just, again, find a way to get through Connecticut, that Marquette, I don't know how much faith I have in them, but I want to drop this one on you, TJ, okay? That looking past this weekend – Shaka Smart's teams are 0-6 in the last six tournaments in the opening round. So he's been bounced in the first round wow. six straight times. He won- he went to the Final Four at VCU. They had back-to-back round of 32 appearances. And then since then with VCU, Texas, and Marquette, they lost to Abilene Christian one time. Uh, they lost to Northern Iowa on a half-court shot. They had a huge lead against Nevada as well as they blew when Eric Musselman was there. So they've had their problems in the tournament. So keep an eye out for Marquette, even if they win this tournament, that maybe they can lose early. So just want to throw that wow. out there. But Providence, I'm going to take them as kind of a long shot flyer. I mean, I know they're a five seed, but to maybe sneak up and uh, win this tournament in New York. And again, Providence, I still don't have an explanation on what that was in their final game with Seton Hall. And maybe that woke them up. They got wiped out at home. Maybe that did wake them up because they've been very good at the end of games and in overtime the last couple of years. And again, they'll play in the afternoon Thursday. And if they win, they're in the afternoon again on Friday. Just bear in mind uh, with that. All right, so I want to move on to one uh, with you, and that would be Big Ten and Michigan State, Kevin Rogers, uh, to take a good look at them. Uh, I, I'm surprised you didn't look at Iowa right away because you're always preaching to me about Fran McCaffrey, but his team is so hot and cold that sometimes, I mean, they could score 90, but in other games they look awful and they score 60. I don't know what to expect in Chicago, but for Izzo's team, they seem to be, once again, just in time for March, being able to win some big games. We know the campus the awful tragedy of the campus shooting, that seemed to galvanize them. They got the big win over Indiana in and around that. So for Michigan State, uh, they are uh, double-bide, if that's even the right way to put it, all the way into Friday. And as it stands right now, they would be playing either Iowa and uh, the winner of what game is it, Ohio State and Wisconsin. I like Michigan State there. I like Michigan State on the draw with Purdue. Any thought on the Spartans and or – uh, on the Big Ten tournament here, as I kind of like them as the four seed. Yes, Michigan State did play well down the stretch. They had that crazy loss to Iowa, which I mean, you can't explain wow. that. You couldn't, you couldn't redo that again. You know, tried a hundred times. Uh, you know, but Michigan State again with with Tom Izzo, I feel like it's always they go twenty nine and three, they get bounced in the first round. They go eighteen and fourteen, they make a run to the Elite Eight. Like like that always <laughs> happens with him, but. Um, Yes, they would have to maybe play Purdue, the top seed, if it got to it. Uh, so that's obviously one thing to keep an eye out for. But like Northwestern's the second seed, which is nuts. Chris Collins done an unbelievable job. Yep. Like they keep it, it not even about keep winning, but 
as an underdog, they keep cashing in all of these games, it feels like. I'm really curious about Indiana and what they can do. Indiana is that team that can go to the Final Four or lose in the first weekend. Uh, but also, out of the other teams that are in that shade below, do you know who could be a little interesting just because there were some nice expectations on them and it feels like they fell off was Illinois? That Illinois could be another team. They they fell in a big hole against Purdue this past weekend. They came all the way back. They cut it to one at the end, and then Purdue ended up pulling away. But Illinois could also be an interesting team. I'm not saying they would uh, necessarily win the Big Ten. And again, the game or the uh, tournaments in Chicago at the United Center. So I don't know what home court advantage you want to call it. That I mean Northwestern maybe too. But Illinois could be another team to keep an eye out for. Michigan State definitely. I don't know if you're going to see the, uh, the the chalk rise to the top here, and we've seen a lot of different teams win this tournament. Iowa won it last year. Illinois won it two years ago. Purdue last won it in 2009. So Matt Painter has not won this tournament in a very long time, but uh, should be very interesting there in Chicago. You make a you make a great point, too, uh, about Northwestern. What are we going to expect? They're in the two spot here, and they are potentially playing Illinois on Friday after the double bye. They could be gone uh, as much as they've been a darling in Collins as the coach of the year. All right, good Big Ten stuff. You want to go right back uh, at it with the Big 12. Uh, and, and what a tournament this is going to be. We mentioned Kansas, but then below that, you could make the argument for about six teams, couldn't you, to win this tournament in Kansas City. Give me one that's below the top two seeds real quick, Kevin Rogers, that you like for Three Dog Thursday purposes. It's kind of the, the underdog team to be in the final or win the title game. You know, I got to really – I'm giving you all these stats, TJ. I'm, like, going to be emptied out after all of this. I mean, what I'm providing you. Do you realize the team that I'm going to back in the Big 12 tournament has never won the Big 12 tournament? And that really? is Scott Drew's Baylor Bears. They have wow. never won the Big 12 tournament. For all the great years they've had, they won the tournament, the NCAA tournament two years ago. They have never won this. Now I don't know what it is. They get bounced. Didn't they, didn't they lose in the first round of the Big Twelve tournament two years ago, and then won the NCAA tournament? That may be correct. We got to double check. I'd that. have to. I'd have to look back at that. But I feel like they've had a lot of these duds in the first round, and they get Iowa State, who just blew them out in Waco uh, in the last game. So I think they'd be pretty motivated uh, to see them again. And then look, you get Kansas in the second game. So and it's basically a home court advantage mm -hmm. playing at the T-Mobile Center in downtown Kansas City, 45 minutes from Lawrence. So that's never a good thing. But also Baylor was up in that game at Kansas and Lawrence, and then Kansas just turned it on in that final, like, 15 minutes of that game and ran Baylor in, uh, you know, last time they played in Lawrence. Look, there are no cupcakes if, you know, you got to play Texas next or Kansas State next or whoever. And even West Virginia's uh, a tough out. Uh, you, you know, you got a lot of these teams – that it's going to be very tough, but at the same time, Baylor, I like them to go far in the NCAA tournament. I'll tell you why. And I know we're, we're talking about the conference tournaments here, but I do like teams that were expected to do big things the previous year and get bounced early. That's Baylor. That's Kentucky. That's Auburn. Even that these teams that had high expectations, they lose. I feel like they're forgotten. And then people talk about Kansas because they won the championship. Mm -hmm. You know, Duke, uh, North Carolina, North Carolina needs a little bit of help to get in, I think. But those teams we forget about, I think those are the ones to keep an eye on because they're the ones uh, everyone remembers, oh, you're a two and you lost to a 15. Or, oh, Baylor lost that game to North Carolina in the second round. When they got down big, they had a force overtime. But now I feel like you hit the reset button a little bit. 
those could be teams to keep an eye out for. But Baylor, I'll take a shot with them in the Big 12. I mean, look, you can make an argument for, again, a lot of other teams, even below Kansas and uh, Texas and Kansas State. But Baylor, I would say, has a shot. But look, it's about beating Kansas. That's what they got to do in the second game to have real shots to win the championship. And again, that's an afternoon game, as you hear us on Three Dog Thursday against Iowa State. If they get by it, it's a Friday evening game, potentially, with Kansas in the semifinals in Kansas City, Saturday night championship game there. Hey, one more quickly from me. I'm looking at that SEC tournament, and I know people might roll their eyes, but this actually qualifies as a three seed and below Kentucky. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get, but I know Calipari's team could turn it on, and uh, they've got Sheepway underneath. Reeves shot it well. My namesake shot it well in the regular season finale at Arkansas. Uh, the guard play, the shooting uh, has not been as consistent as they would like. But again, they always seem to rise to the occasion, especially in Nashville. Am I crazy to look Kentucky's way uh, in the SEC tournament uh, and, and whether or not they're going to be able to do some damage here in the SEC? Again, on the Kentucky slate, they are double-bied. There's my phrase again, into Friday. They are potentially playing Vanderbilt, who did beat them in Rupp Arena in a revenge game on Friday afternoon. Quick thought on Kentucky, quick thought on the SEC, and then I get you out of here. Well, you'd be crazy if you said LSU is winning the whole thing or Georgia. <laughs> then I, then I, 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 I have right, to right. call someone to, uh, to, to get you committed. But uh, look, Alabama is obviously the team to beat right now. And with all the stuff that they've been going on internally, they found a way to win some of these games. And you wonder what their long term is going to be past this weekend. Uh, I did have Vandy in that game against Kentucky when they hit that late shot to beat him at Rupp Arena. Kentucky took care of Vandy the first time in Nashville. Uh, so you yep. wonder now the third time, assuming Vandy gets out of that you know, first game against either Georgia or LSU. But uh, yes, Kentucky would then get Texas A&M. I don't know what to think about Texas A&M because they played so well this year. And Buzz Williams, wherever he goes, he just makes them better, whether it's Marquette or Virginia Tech or now Texas A&M. But uh you kind of look at it like Calipari, like they got to turn it on eventually. And they played better in the second half. They had a clunker against South Carolina. They lost to Georgia on the road. And you're saying, what is this? But yep. they've had really good wins. They beat Tennessee a few times. They uh, they beat Arkansas, like you mentioned, at the end. They got some good wins on the schedule inside the SEC. And they also beat Texas A&M as well uh, in SEC play. I don't know. Like I mentioned Auburn as a team, Auburn, Arkansas is really interesting to see if one of those teams can make it far uh, in this tournament, but past that Missouri, I'm not really sure about because I feel like Missouri had a lot of, uh, they didn't have a lot of great wins. They stunned Tennessee with that buzzer beater, but past that, I don't really know what else they did. And they beat Kentucky early in conference, but who else they really beat that was of quality. That's what I'm not sure about with Missouri and how far they can go. They have to beat Alabama potentially in the uh, semifinals, but Kentucky, I don't see why not. It's just about, Calipari, they have to just put it together, and we'll see if they can do that. And Sheeway can obviously rebound, offensive rebound, as he stay out of foul trouble. And again, that's like a home away from home thing for them because they fill that arena up with Kentucky fans in Nashville. It will be that way on Friday afternoon. Let's see if it carries them somehow, some way with Alabama as the heavy favorite. This guy carries me, and it has been far too long, but it was March, and I had to weigh in with Kevin Rogers of Vegas Insider. Follow him at VI Rogers. Happy March, my friend. Enjoy all of it. You're going to have great coverage with all of your stuff on Vegas Insider. And I appreciate the time and the knowledge on Three Dog Thursday. We did it. We did it. We got back together. We put the band back together at least for one time in March. Thank you, my friend.
You're welcome, and I'm just waiting for your your man Tom Brady to announce his unretirement and come back to the NFL for one more year. <laughs> well, will he do it during uh, at the end of the selection show, like he did a probably year ago on the Sunday night after the brackets are out? Uh, stay He's got tuned. great timing. He's got impeccable timing. Stay tuned on that. This guy's got impeccable timing. Good luck with those plays that you have in the Big East and the Big Twelve. We'll see what happens. Thank you, Kevin Rogers. Great insight from Kevin. And one more time, we look forward to everything that's going to happen with the Big East, the SEC uh, that we were talking about uh, for these different conference tournaments, even a little Big Ten uh, that we discussed uh, as well with Kevin and these different matchups. Uh, coming up shortly, Deshaun Tate with me in a moment. First, let's tell you about a sponsor of ours, and that's Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. If you're looking for any tickets this weekend in the conference tournaments at the Garden, at the United Center in Chicago, out in Vegas at the Pac-12, at the ACC tournament in Greensboro, use Ticket Smarter, the Ticket Smarter mobile app. Uh, we uh, we highly recommend uh, the great selection of seats, the fair pricing with their uh, their algorithm and everything updated. Your price, your pricing, and your purchase is going to be secure with Ticket Smarter. Use the Ticket Smarter mobile app. Use our promo code Hoops twenty three all through March. Hoops twenty three takes ten dollars off your order right now with Ticket Smarter. You're going to get into one of those great conference tournaments, and this is good for the NCAA tournament games all the way through the Final Four. Ticket Smarter, the Ticket Smarter mobile app, their official partners with the Pac-12 tournament and the Big Ten tournament. Ticket Smarter mobile app, our promo code HOOPS23, $10 off your order. Use it as many times as you want to go to these conference tournaments, uh, the, the mayhem of March. Think Smarter, Ticket Smarter, our promo code HOOPS23. Love getting the chance to follow up with this guy. As I said earlier, it is March. It is our time of the year. Hello, Deshaun Tate. Mr. Tate's Take Hoops on social media. Selection Sunday is looming. Good to be with you. Conference tournament mayhem going on. Uh, games all over the place as we release the Three Dog Thursday podcast Thursday into Friday, Friday into Saturday with the automatic bids. How are you feeling? It is March, my friend. A little exhausted, but it is definitely March. I, uh, I, I got my, as you can see, I got my Final Four shirt on. I guess I got to get ready for a, a Houston Final Four shirt now. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, a ton of games, man. And of course, you know, needless to say, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to educate you on anything new here when I say I'm happy that it's March and that um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm highly anticipating the best time of the year. No doubt. We got to get a bracket first before we figure out the final four. And Deshaun always does a great job with insight and analysis on all of this. All right. I'm going to get into a couple of tournaments, as we keep saying, where a an underdog, air quotes, if you will, three seed or lower might be able to make a move, get to the title game at least, if not win the thing. Deshaun will have thoughts on a couple of those conferences uh, in a moment. Uh, but first, it is fresh while we are talking, while we are taping on Wednesday, that Jim Beheim has, uh, and Syracuse has announced, that Jim Beheim is retiring. It's interesting that after the game, after the loss to Wake Forest, he, he kind of muddled through and mumbled a couple of times, it's up to the school, it's up to the school whether I come back, whether he knew the announcement was coming and he just didn't want to tip it, or whether he's trying to cryptically say to Sean, it's not, it's not me retiring, they're making me retire and leave. Okay, the school has announced it. They've even announced his assistant, Adrian Autry, will be the coach to replace him. What is your reaction to all of that now that it's unfolded on Wednesday at the ACC tournament and after it's over with? 
Yeah, it's like I am surprised and I'm not surprised. I am a little bit surprised because I just didn't think that this was ever going to happen. Like I thought that I was probably going to transition from life to not uh, before we ever see him not become a coach again. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm also not surprised um, just based on the fact of just, look, you know, recruiting has looked different for him. Um, you know, just being on the bubble multiple times in recent years or lack thereof more recently. Um, just some of the choice words of the Big Ten and just criticism kind of rubbed me the wrong way over the last couple of years. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, listen, you know, I, I, I respect what he has done and been uh, for, you know, college basketball. Maybe he tried to one up Coach K. You know, as long as I get one more year over my buddy Coach K, I think that I'll be OK. But I think it was pretty much about time. And as far as the timing part of it goes, TJ, uh, it, it kind of sounded like maybe they were trying to hit towards maybe, you know, encouraging him to maybe be out of the door. And that was his reasoning behind saying, I don't know, you got to go and talk to the school about it. I don't know. Like he didn't really want to do it, per se. I think that the consensus would agree that it's probably just time. 47 years, losing season this year. You're right, a perennial bubble team. Here's one for you because you know I always go next level and I love your insight. We've seen it recently now with Roy Williams and with Coach K. Jay Wright has openly talked about this, that it's just different now with the NIL, with the transfer portal. Uh, a couple of coaches have talked about this in terms of you have to almost re-recruit your team every season to not leave over the last couple of years. And so maybe is that part of this where he is saying to them that, you know, I'm not cut out to re-recruit my team. I'm not, cu I'm not cut out to do this transfer portal thing. What do you make of that part of the argument here? I think that that definitely plays a part of it. Age, I'm sure, probably pay, mm -hmm. plays a part of it. Stress, I'm sure, probably plays a part of it. A lot of times just ready to just be to your family and that's it for once. Um, guys have been doing this for this long and obviously, you know, Bayon's got two kids that just, you know, finished at Syracuse and whatever else. But, um, you know, I think all of those things, it's a combination of of all things. And it just honestly, more so for Bayon than some of the other guys, it just seems like it really wasn't trending in the right direction uh, for once for Syracuse. So, uh, like I said, it's not the biggest surprise in the world. I guess it's just now time to try to see, you know, whoever's up next, you know, with Coach Archie, is it is it going to, you know, is he still going to continue to replicate the zone? Is that still going to be a thing? For so many years, you can't think of Syracuse without thinking about the 2-3 zone. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the things that will change for Syracuse? They definitely aren't the same Syracuse that they were as I feel like I was growing up, certainly was relatively consistent, but just still didn't have the same vibe, feel, and energy. Not at the top 10 level, not at the perennial, you know, one, two seed type level. It has not been that way for a while. Yes, they've had some magic. We've referenced this before, the five wins in five games at Madison Square Garden to get to the NCAA tournament. That's now been, what, what though, 15 years ago that that happened. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, perennially – not a not a monster program. Certainly one of the premier northeastern programs, uh, and maybe the ACC has been a big equalizer too, where they they had their way more so in the Big East, but not so much in the ACC. So a lot on Syracuse there for sure. One more follow up before we move on, real quick. Yeah, just when I think about Syracuse, reflecting back and looking at it, and Jim Beheim, so many memorable moments. 
maybe one of my all-time favorites is always and forever going to be the six overtime game. While we're standing here in conference tournament time, that, 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 that six overtime game against Connecticut, I want to make sure that that doesn't go unmentioned. Yeah, because that's one of the classic uh, tournament games in any conference, much less in iconic Madison Square Garden, much less with those two programs. I mean, it's not like you're talking about an A-10 tournament game. I'll just throw teams out like George Washington playing St. Louis. That's Syracuse and UConn doing this yeah. in the Garden in six overtimes. That's your point. So, yeah, we have iconic moments, and obviously Carmelo Anthony and winning a national championship. And I go back farther than you because I'm older I go back to Pearl Washington in the 80s, Sherman Douglas, Ronnie Sykley. You know, you have YouTube. You go back and look. But you go back to those teams in the 80s uh, where perennially every year, again, they were a Big East contender, national championship contender. That's a long time ago in Syracuse basketball. He reaches back with Adrian Autry, not unlike Coach K, with John Shire reaching back. Autry's obviously older, played in the 90s at Syracuse. We'll see what happens there. That segues us. Under our theme on Three Dog Thursday, give me an underdog-type team in the ACC as we now get ready for these Thursday matchups. Give me a team that you think uh, can maybe make a move in, in the ACC here in the matchups uh, that is a three-seed or below. So the ilk of Clemson, Duke, Pitt did beat Georgia Tech in the afternoon session on uh, Wednesday, so that is Pitt and Duke playing each other on Three Dog Thursday afternoon. We don't know the Clemson opponent out of NC State and Virginia Tech. We won't know that. You may know that answer now as Thursday goes on. You do know that answer. But Clemson is the three. Are they playing NC State the six or not? Give me a team that can make a run as a three below in the ACC tournament to the title game and why. Give me something real quick, Deshaun. Well, there's one that you didn't mention, and for good reason, because they looked like what I had for, you know, I, they just look terrible. Let's just put it that way. Um, I'm not wavering. I'm not running away from this, uh, TJ. They came into the season ranked number one. I can't tell you the last time that we saw a team that went to the national championship the year prior. They returned four out of five starters. They're ranked number one. Haven't seen them in the 25 since and look like they're going to miss the tournament. I'm picking the North Carolina Tar Heels. I just wow. feel like after after last year, and I, I get it, most people go, hey, man, it's too early for you to be drinking. Listen, I understand. <laughs> I do understand what we're looking at, but I also understand what they have to do to get in. I, I think that they have to go to the, to the final game of the ACC Conference Tournament um, in order to get in. That's my opinion. Uh, but you can just completely – destroy all of that by winning the darn of thing. course um and i think that they well, have let's go on it like this all right so first of all let me interject first of all we don't know the result of the boston college game they should win on sure. wednesday night your whole supposition sure. is they're going to win wednesday night so that would mm -hmm. put them in front of virginia a team they just beat at home about a week and a half ago on the neutral floor on thursday night then theoretically if you get by Virginia, you're playing either Clemson, NC State, Virginia Tech in the semifinal. I believe right now, right now as we sit here, as far as North Carolina making the tournament, if they were to beat Virginia, they're absolutely in. They're going to take them, even in the first four, if they beat Virginia a second time. There's enough quality wins from North Carolina uh, on their schedule that aren't quad one wins in the net, but they beat Michigan out of the conference and they won a couple of other games out of the conference that are significant enough. If they get a second Virginia win, I think they're in. 
You're going from the premise, though, that you believe they can beat Virginia and therefore match up well with either Clemson, NC State, or Virginia Tech and get all the way to the title game on Sunday. Pick it up on that, please. All more than winnable games, in my opinion, especially when you're talking about a Virginia team, not only that you beat, but with the style that Virginia plays with. I know that it can frustrate you and everything else, but if you get up on Virginia, their style and their system, it's really hard for them to come back into games and to come back and, you know, walk away with a with a victory. North Carolina, I've seen this movie before. I saw it last year. I could be crazy, but they got hot at the right time, and that time was during this time of the year. Um, for all I know, North Carolina could come out there and look like the same North Carolina we've been seeing all season. And that could happen in the Boston College game. Who knows? But if there's one team, I know we talk about Houston, mm-hmm. Alabama, UCLA. If there's one team, while nobody looks like they're invincible, if there's one team that gets hot at the right time that you definitely will not want to play, typically my answer to that usually is Michigan State in March. This year, that will be the North Carolina Tarios. It's going to take more than me just saying it. Well, and again, what happens with that Virginia game head-to-head? Because under your premise, you believe they have to get to the title game to have the at-large case. Forget about the automatic bid. You believe they need two big wins out of Virginia on Thursday and then whoever it is, Clemson and maybe NC State. They split with NC State during the season. Uh, Let's see what happens with North Carolina and the ACC tournament. And, of course, the top half of that draw has Duke as the four playing Pitt as the five on three dog Thursday afternoon, the winner of that to get the winner of Miami, likely Miami in the semifinals can Duke or Pitt maybe play their way in as not a top two team into the ACC uh, tournaments uh, championship game. All right. One other conference you are interested in, if not the top two seeds, VCU and Dayton Atlantic Mm -hmm. 10 tournament, Barclays center, Brooklyn, New York to play out this weekend Give me an A-10 team to keep an eye on and why, Deshaun Tate. I'm going to uh, go with the St. Louis Billikens, led by head coach and Travis Ford. And they've been having some really good te- teams uh, in, in recent history, but just haven't been able to get to that point. Well, guess what? A lot of those guys are juniors and seniors now. How about the three J's, the JJJ, the triple J's? No, not Jaron Jackson Jr., but let's go with Gervonta, Javon, and Jemerson. That is Jimerson Gibson, who is the uh, leading scorer for this team. Uh, Javon Pickett, who is a transfer from Missouri. He's a senior upperclassman, people. Remember that when you're filling out these brackets and all of these things. Javante Perkins, who's also a senior for this team. They've also got some other really good uh, transfers as well. Francis Okoro, who was formerly over at, at Oregon. And then you have Yuri Collins as well. All these are upperclassmen. All of these, I get it. You know, when you played this game against, you know, VCU, you lost to them twice. VCU is at the top of this particular conference right. tournament bracket, and they haven't beaten VCU so far this year. But this isn't going to be played where Havoc is held at VCU. This is a neutral site, and it's really tough to beat teams three times in a row in one season. Even more so, um, they've, you know, played Dayton earlier this, uh, I think, last week or something along those lines. Got a big win over Dayton, too. Who's the second seed in this tournament? So I think that St. Louis has that outside shot looking in at winning this thing and being a real dark horse, not only for this conference tournament, but depending on what things look like on Sunday and how it shakes out, maybe Uh, the NCAA tournament. Now, again, they will play on Thursday afternoon as we release Three Dog Thursday against GW, George Washington, who's actually rolling. George Washington right now has won seven in a row, beat Richmond uh, in this tournament 
on George Wednesday. Mason. Uh, George Mason, I'm sorry. Thank you for correcting me. George Mason has won seven in a row. George Mason beats Richmond uh, in the Wednesday matchup. Now they have this quarterfinal game with St. Louis in the 4-5 game. That is Thursday afternoon. The winner would get, theoretically, Virginia, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, VCU, Correct. in a Friday uh, semifinal, if that's the case. So uh, very interesting here in the draw that you're saying St. Louis Billikens. And Yuri Collins is, is one of the better-kept secret point guards. Back to him, distributing the ball with those players that you mentioned. So let's see with St. Louis. And you bring up a great point about trying to beat a team three times in one season. I saw it last weekend at the Big South Conference Tournament where Campbell, with a losing record, turned the tables on the two-seed Longwood, who had beaten them twice, turned the, the tables again on Radford in a semifinal game who had beaten them twice, and they were beating UNC Asheville the whole second half, all the way down to the final two minutes of the game, who had beaten them twice. So it is tough to beat a team three times in one season, to your point, if it's VCU and St. Louis. And I'm just looking at the St. Louis finish to the season. They did finish with 20 wins. They did beat my Memphis Tigers. Stop smirking, Deshaun Tate, outside of the conference. Uh, St. Louis, at the end of the year, won uh, four of its last six games and did beat Dayton, as you mentioned, in the finale at home. Now, George Mason on Thursday afternoon in the 4-5 game out of the A-10. That's a potential bid-stealer situation, though, too. It if, it's not, if it's not Virginia Commonwealth, Virginia Commonwealth has got an at-large case, and either Dayton or St. Louis or somebody else could be a second team from the A-10. Quick, quick comment from you. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is the other piece about St. Louis, and I know how uh, a lot of your followers and listeners and so forth, viewers and whatnot, TJ, love to follow the gambling piece of all of this and the spreads and everything else. Right. I'm not so quick to say that I would be, you know, more than open or willing to do anything as far as spreads with St. Louis. I have been atrocious with St. Louis when it comes to them covering this year. So just from my own personal uh, experience, I wouldn't necessarily go that route. There's games where I think that they'll completely demolish someone. It'll be kept way too close or same thing, vice versa. I'm not trusting them with anything with a spread. I barely want to trust them sometimes when it comes to a money line. I just feel the most confident and comfortable with them on this year because of how experienced they are. St. Louis Billikens, he says, A-10. Moment or two left, Deshaun Tate, Tate's Take Hoops on uh, social media. Love Tate's Take on all things college basketball, especially championship week and the, uh, the NCAA tournament. All right, another one that I'm looking at is the Mountain West conference and again you and i aren't going on the record necessarily with this one but just keep an eye we know san diego state and boise state have done enough to get in the ncaa tournament at large there's going to be a third team kind of out of the cluster out of the group that has mm -hmm. nevada utah state can new mexico make some noise on the neutral floor Deshaun, just one more time if you pull a couple of upsets on a neutral floor of ncaa tournament teams like if New Mexico were to pull an upset of a San Diego State and then another upset and still not get the automatic bid, that may help them get in. Probably not in New Mexico without the automatic bid. But interesting in the Mountain West, as we look at things for Thursday, keep an eye on San Jose State and Nevada. That is a Thursday afternoon four versus five game. San Jose State mm -hmm. coming on with Tim Miles. Nevada having lost at Wyoming, having lost to UNLV late in the year, bad losses for them. If they take an opening round loss to San Jose State, 
Not only is San Jose State as a live five seed there, but that could cost mm-hmm. Nevada. Utah State, interesting at the bottom of the draw in the three spot, would play mm-hmm. Boise State possibly on Friday. What do you think about uh, Utah State, Nevada, San Jose State, New Mexico, that conglomerate there? Somebody's going to probably get a third Mountain West bid just real quick out of that. Well, Utah State is more so a team. I think I've been as strong as they have within that conference because they play uh, so they play so well when they're playing at home. San Diego State, I think, is the one that has you know everyone has them circled and highlighted on their calendars and so forth, and they've got the tar- target on their backs. This is where I thought that maybe Nevada had an opportunity to maybe sneak in there and maybe go on a run. But San Jose State has played a lot better basketball this year than I think anybody around the country has probably sure. paid attention to outside of that camp, uh, outside that campus. Tim, the real Tim one Miles, here, to your point, let me interrupt, yeah. should get consideration for Coach of the Year. I mean, I know it's obscure Absolutely. all the way out in San Jose, and there are other and mm-hmm. there are other guys. Chris Collins deserves it probably, uh, and there's probably a couple others that I'm going to leave out here while I'm going over this. Uh, that I mean, Jim Laranega at Miami. But Tim Miles should be in the conversation, right? I mean, San Jose State won 10 games in the Mountain West, a pretty tough conference, and they've been abysmal for the which better is part of a decade. Of, yeah. yeah, which is unheard of. Mount, Mountain West is, you know, probably the best conference in the country, maybe not, you know, being a power five or not being the American uh, and maybe can even hold its own against some of those power fives and even the American. But I think the real player here is New Mexico. I think New Mexico was one of the last two unbeaten teams in the regular season this year. Um, you know, when you start looking at, you know, Eddie House's son, you know, Jalen House, he's really good. He was a transfer. You start looking at Jamal Mashburn Jr. I'm sure that that name rings a bell also. They've got some really good players and some really good things going on over there at the pit. And it's not just at the pit. I mean, they're not the best team necessarily per se right. on the road. But they are a pretty darn good basketball team. Maybe not your old New Mexico Lobo, New Mexico Lobos, but they are still a really good team. And honestly, I think that they're on the outside looking in a major should We should make mention they play Wednesday night late. Uh, again, we don't know that result for New Mexico and Wyoming. We believe New Mexico would win that on the neutral floor. So that would give them the late night Thursday night, three-dog Thursday game with Utah State. Here we go. If they win that game on a neutral floor, that helps them. They're right now 50 in the net ranking for what it's worth, New Mexico. They've got three quad one wins. That would be considered a quad one win over Utah State on the neutral floor. That would give them a fourth one. Then they would theoretically play against Boise State in the Friday night semifinal. Again, if you win that game, if you're Richard Patino's team with House and Jamal Mashburn Jr., You've now beaten Utah State, Boise State in back-to-back games. Those are eye-opening for the committee. They're probably in without the automatic bid, you would think. Welcome to March and how you can help yourself (laughs) in 48 hours, right, with your resume. I would Absolutely. I would imagine so. And here's another little tidbit. Hope, maybe hoping that uh, help get a chance to help somebody get their rent paid. We start talking about Jalen House. I know people love the prop bets. That's the new thing now. Jalen House may be the best on-ball defender in all of college basketball. No idea what that number looks like on steals, but take the over. I really like him on that side of the ball. He's a defensive oh. anchor and really hangs a little a little three dog Thursday prop advice for <laughs> Sean Tate from Tate's Take Hoops. Listen, you've been great to be with me. I look forward to talking with you on the selection Sunday coverage uh, with all of this. And next week, when all of it, when the bracket is out, let's enjoy the tournaments. 
this weekend. I know you are Sparty strong all the way. That avatar, uh, Michigan State playing with a lot of emotion. And as I said earlier on the Three Dog Thursday podcast with Kevin Rogers, I like them as a dangerous four seed in this Big Ten tournament in Chicago. I don't, I'm preaching your uh, your sermon right there. I don't have to convince you of that. Let's see what they can do in the uh, in the Big Ten. It's going to be a lot of fun, Deshaun Tate, one more time. Thank you for hanging with me here, and we'll see what happens with the teams that you gave us between North Carolina, St. Louis, and watch out maybe a little New Mexico in the Mountain West as well. Thank you, Deshaun. Appreciate you having me, TJ, per usual. And let's wrap it up here off of Deshaun's comments uh, with these comments. Get ready for the madness. Get ready for the mayhem. I still think that Michigan and North Carolina, when it's all said and done, will be at-large teams. Maybe North Carolina and Michigan are both in the first four. We'll see. Uh, there will be some resumes built over the next two or three days off of Thursday into Friday and Saturday, even if you don't get the automatic bid. We were talking about New Mexico before. Can they move their way up? Could a team like Oklahoma in the Big 12 help themselves even more as being another team out of the Big 12 that gets into the field at large? What about Villanova and a run in the Big East? Who knows? Uh, somebody else out of the ACC, the SEC. We mentioned the Mountain West. Will it be somebody besides UCLA, Arizona, or USC in the Pac-12 that builds their resume? Let's find out. Always love the insight. This time next week on Three Dog Thursday, we'll have a bracket. We'll be talking first and second round games, uh, first two days of the NCAA tournament Thursday and Friday. Look forward to being back with you again. Thank you for finding me here on Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Thanks to The Last Word on Sports for partnering with us. LastWordOnSports.com slash podcast. I am merely TJ Reed for Kevin Rogers and Deshaun Tate. Enjoy all of Championship Week. We'll be back next week with a bracket out for Three Dog Thursday. Bye.